Hello, everybody. It's Grizzly from Lexington, Kentucky. Once again, from coast to coast and around the world. Look who we have here tonight. Long time no see, everybody. Hey, how are you? Maria, Mike, and Chris. Hello. Introduce your all selves, would you? All right. I'll go first. Uh, my name is Marie Dumont, and I'm the founder of the Mid-Florida Bigfoot Research Group on Facebook and YouTube. And I'm also the um, lead investigator on the research team. And um, so a couple of my team members, we have Mike Aguilar. Hello. Right above me. And we have a new member, which is Chris Hensley. So Hello, we'd like to welcome Chris. him. This is his first podcast. Welcome, welcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, first so uh, I, I noticed that uh, there has been some uh, increased activity in your all's area, I noticed. Yes. Um, well, it's been, what, how many months since we've done our last report? Oh, it's, it's been a minute. Yeah, and so, uh, of course, we had Hurricane Ian that came through and dumped a whole bunch of water everywhere and it just really wrecked havoc with a lot of the woods down south like mike like you went down to like what the naples fort myers uh no, venice venice okay so you saw the trees that are all broken the whole way they look like they've been snapped in half like toothpicks north wow. northport northport is hammered yeah real bad yeah, I work down there. We had a, it's a lot of issues going on. It's getting better. Yeah, um, but you know, it dumped a lot of water. It created a lot of damage everywhere. So, like Mayaka State Park, that's been closed for how many months because of flooding? Um, even in our area, the Green Swamp, um, in the Hillsborough County area, all the swamps around here are saturated. They, the rivers are overflowing, so it's flowing into the swamps, and it's just taken forever for it to dry up. And even, wow. you know, we go out every weekend. I've told you this before. Right. So this weekend, we went to a new swampy area, and, um, oh, I mean, it was just, you know, a foot of water everywhere we went, practically. And 90% of the day. Yeah. It's just so saturated. And even if it just like sprinkles or rains lightly, oh, it'll just like fill up the swamp again because there's nowhere for the water to go. So it makes it very difficult to go out to find dry spots to investigate in. So now, when y'all go out, do y'all look up when it's watery and flooded or how does that work? How do we what? When it's watery and flutter, flutter, flutter. Flooded. I don't even know if that was a new word. <laughs> flooded, yes. <laughs> yeah, flooded. Do y'all look up a lot or do y'all still look, you know, towards the ground in the general area or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, you know, like we went through a whole bunch of water yesterday, a lot of water. So obviously you can't find prints and stuff. You look for structures or you look for other things and every once in a while we get to a dry area that we could actually walk around in and um well yesterday was a weird weird day for wildlife basically um we found um two 
pygmy goat skulls remains. What? In the middle of the this this area we were in was extremely remote. There's no one around, no houses or anything around for what, Mike? What a, a mile. mile away at least. Yeah. Miles. And you people can't access this place. And why were there two um, pygmy goats out there? Within 50 yards of each other? Within 50 yards of each other. One was a male and one looked like a female. And wow. that just threw us. We were like, what the heck are pygmy goats doing in the middle of the swamp? And, um, you know, obviously it could be a Bigfoot. It could be a maybe a Florida panther snagged them from somebody's farm or something and drug them there and ate it. I don't know. One, maybe I can see, but two, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yes. That was the weird part, too. That's yes. wild. Like that was one. I could even see one lost goat maybe getting loose, and but not two. But yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I, I couldn't concur with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, two within fifty yards of each other, and there were bones. Some of the bones were, you know, chewed on. There was vertebrae. Snapped. The what? Ooh. They were snapped too. A couple of them. Yeah. So. We don't know what did that, but that's probably one of the strangest animal <laughs> remains that we've ever found out in the That is interesting. And and then a couple minutes later, Chris goes, starts freaking out. I thought he stepped on a snake. I thought I did too. <laughs> he he on a, it was a, it was a freshwater eel. Oh wow! And it, and it had a hole in its head, and half its like tail chewed off. What? I don't know. Yes. It was still still alive too. Yeah, it yeah, was still, still wiggling. It was still wiggling. Again, Grizzly. This is all the same area. So this mangled half-eaten eel <laughs> and two two pygmy goat skulls and bones remains. It's kind of kind of odd. Yeah, I think I'd be treading very, very softly at that moment and watching very <laughs> closely. <laughs> so I'm sorry, there are not pygmy goats roaming around in the swamps. There is no. no, 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 no. So how they got there, who brought them there, who ate them there, don't know. And they were both in the same, within 10 feet of a fence. Mm -hmm. Wow, they're both in the same exact area, like ten feet from the fence. Each one of them. Mm -hmm. But again, people like it was sitting there, mm -hmm. eating it, and just looking out the fence. The people can't um, <laughs> typically access this area. There's no right. like roads really to get there. You know, we just kind of, you know, went in the spot, and uh, it was crazy. It was one of the craziest things i've ever seen out there well scarborough uh sasquatch station says souvenirs found by the uh, i think the sasquatch actually probably brought them there but yeah yeah 
and uh, the pygmy goat skulls. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Rick says, I've been thinking that foot is like a skunk. They don't always smell, but they used to it. Mark their, everybody's typing, allow you to, what does it say? They don't always smell, but they, they're used to mark or even slow you down or cover the mask uh, when hunting. Uh, I've heard that before. But uh, most encounters I heard that uh, it's so foul and musky and, you know, it's so disgusting even smelling getting near one. So, Mike, didn't you um, find an area once that had, it was kind of like really stinky? You we, said? Me and Chris went the week before into another area that I hadn't been into like a year. And there's a weird just random mound of dirt that's like a little mountain and that little mountain had like really grown up and it had coyote prints all over it but we got to the top and it smelled like such strong animal and i don't know if it was the coyotes or what it could be a coyote den up there but it is powerful like it was potent we couldn't hardly stand up there yeah we found you know, armadillos and- that were eaten completely Taking uh, everything out of them, just a shell left. Well, you know, that makes you wonder. It really does because, you know, I remember going deer hunting with my father when I was young. We walked in the area and my dad was like, you smell that, son? I'm like, yeah, I smell that. What is that? He's like, the deer just been through here. And I'm looking at it as today. I'm like, hell no, dad, you're wrong. That was not (laughs) deer. (laughs) Guess what, dad? It's not a deer, okay? (laughs) Deer don't smell like that. So, you know, I mean, we must have been right on the heels of whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it it smelled like we just walked up on it as it walked off. That's how bad it was. I mean, it actually almost made me gag. I mean, I never smelled nothing like that before. And don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen, I've been around dead bodies in law enforcement for quite a while off and on. And, you know, I was always a person that could bag and tag and throw them in a body bag and let's go eat breakfast, you know? <laughs> no problem. They're like, you really can eat right now? I'm like, yeah. We just found a body that's over a month old and it's bloated and exploded. Like, so? Oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but. Mm, yum. Uh, yeah, but no, but yeah. So, I know. Chris, so what, what got you into this field? Um. Uh... <laughs> Didn't even really expect to, but it's the I met Mike as a neighbor and uh, kind of just caught an interest of it. I've always been one to, to get outdoors and hike a lot, so just kind of fell into it a little bit, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but but something triggered you when you were younger, at least. Was it a show, a magazine, maybe an experience? Your old neighborhood. Yeah, my old neighborhood. We had some weird experiences out back and. Um, always had these funny feelings there's something there and it, every time I look I can never see anything but there's large things just moving branches and you know always just kind of wrote it off as a as a you know just some animals running around but I could never see anything and but she's always had that weird 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 sensation some something watching you and, and, and uh, then Mike would tell me some of his stories and I was like man I started wondering mm-hmm you know, he looked at me like I was else. crazy. Oh, I bet. Oh, I yeah. did. I did. He thought I was full bat crazy. 
<laughs> I'm bringing out foot castings and all kinds of stuff. It's like, what in the world? But, and but here it is. Got, and here. Got his interest. Once he started, he's like, I can't explain these. Like, I don't. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. You know, with the Mid Florida Bigfoot Research Team. That's awesome. That is that is wild. Uh, You know, I didn't realize I had an encounter when I was younger when I was turkey hunting by myself until I really got involved a lot into it years ago and uh, joined this one Facebook group. And this guy was like Dick Tracy. He was like, you know, where was you at? What was you doing? Wood Street? Blah blah blah. And I found him. He's like, who are you? And he's like. I'm the owner of such and such group. And I'm like, well, announce yourself. And uh, so he wanted to hear my story because his group is in that area. And before I can tell him exactly where everything was, he knew the person that used to go hunting on his land. He knew the church by the end of the road. And he was like, yeah, we have a lot of reports out there. I was like, yeah, man, I know this turkey, this turkey was way off, you know, probably 80, 90 yards. And I crawled and crawled. And I kept hearing something. And I was like, what in the world? And it was four ridges that came down into this valley. And here comes this Jake just to strutting. I'm like, man, I'm going to get this one. I couldn't get close enough. So I was like, hell with it. I'm going to take a shot. And I'm like, boom. And boy, that noise on top of the ridge just stopped. And I was like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm on the right property. I'm fine. Okay. And when I looked up, you know, I saw something big walking off into the field, but it was, it was like, line. it wasn't like a person or something. It's hard to explain unless you experience something like that. Well, I didn't think nothing of it because it was turkey season, you know, and it was a pretty good distance off. And, and the more and more I thought about it over the years, I'm like, wait a minute. That was a long distance. That was a very, very large person. <laughs> and that was not a ghillie suit. So, you know, we always wear the turkey suit with, with the leaves and stuff that would flutter in the air to make it look real. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it was interesting. So, Chris, I know exactly what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. It really is. So, what else is going on down south? Well, um, as you mentioned, um, you know, uh, Ruby and I found a really good footprint last uh, last weekend. Yeah. And when her and I were out in my favorite area and in this area, um, I was talking to somebody a few months ago and they just kind of like blurted out, oh, I had a Bigfoot sighting. I'm like, what? <laughs> where? And where they told me is exactly where Ruby and I were. Really? At this park. And um, so, again, very flooded. It was very hard. We tried to go the normal route. We couldn't because there was so much water. We went a whole different way around the backside. And um, and we were leaving. We're walking down this road. You know, the road is like this. Well, the print was like right here. And... I like froze and I'm like, oh my God. I said, Ruby, this looks like a print. And she looks at it. She's like, oh yeah. And then I kind of like looked around a little bit and then I just lifted my head up and I looked across the street, around across the road, and there were two dumpsters. So, oh. I, so most likely it was headed for 
the dumpsters. Because there was yeah. it was directly across from where that footprint was. That's wild. Yes. Yes. It's wild. Yeah, I have a lot of people that uh, that email me and are like, you know, I try to cast stuff, but when I get it out of the ground, it breaks. And I'm like, hey, wait to a nice summer day. Go find your favorite creek bed, take off your shoes, and just start walking. And make your own footprint right. and then practice. Yeah. It's the thing you can do, you know, because I, I never try to make castings. So, you know, I know there's art to it. Yes. Yes, there is. It's getting the water mixture right. Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. I think that's the big, too much water, it's brittle, too little, mm -hmm. it doesn't splatten out enough. You got to be like a good pancake batter. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Scarborough yeah, because sometimes, says, sometimes you'll have the, like this really great print and you go to cast it and it just turns out like crap. You know, it doesn't oh, get yeah. in, the, in the crevices like it should because it's too thick or whatever. And, um, but this print was so shallow and it was like maybe a quarter of an inch, eighth of an inch thick. And I was like, I, there's no way I can cast this thing in order for it to hold. Um, now what I've heard before, and I've done this before on another cast was, um, pour some, a little layer of the cast casting material and then sticks some little tiny sticks in there, in the middle oh, of Oh, yeah, like concrete. Yeah, like rebar, right? Right. So like a real, like whether it's pine needles or really thin little sticks, I've pushed them down in my cast in order to make sure to try to keep it together like rebar. So it worked. Um I'm just not sure if it works every time, but um, well, no, it, hey, it ladies and gentlemen, time. it's worth a try. Absolutely, and it's going right? to break. It'll break almost every time, right? The mid tarpal. Mm -hmm. That's where it breaks every time. Oh. And you try to get try to take a big knife and get underneath it more. Yes, cut underneath and get a lot of the dirt up with it, so you don't pop it out and put force on it to break. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, Chris, Chris, do you want to talk about what you cast used for casting? I wonder why he was over there smiling out of no reason, <laughs> out of nowhere. Just he was like, yeah, no, we we've been uh, playing around with uh, using foam, spray foam, like you get buy in the can essentially, oh, and no. uh, you can basically. I, I mean, I've done exactly what you were saying. Just made some footprints out back and and played around with it, and and I I believe I probably could have pulled one off on you there marie because the one i made and tested was pretty shallow um but yeah it's just a matter of putting some pressure on it so you spray the foam in the, in the the print and then lay something down like a backer board or a foam board down on top of it with a little bit of weight and try to distribute the weight so as the foam expands it goes into all those crevices and fills the gap and then within 15 20 minutes you can pull it and it's all attached to the board and everything and no breaking and lightweight and you can carry it away. So there's some benefits to it. It's and it still looks some practice just with, like with it. plaster. When yeah. you pull it, when you cast it and everything, it looks exactly like a plaster cast. But Man. it only weighs a couple ounces. It's Plus like you can probably paint it, can't you? As long as you don't use spray paint, because spray paint will eat foam. Um, but oh. yeah, you can use like a house water-based paint. Yeah. 
Wow. Scarborough Sasquatch says, uh, I have seen orbs around Sasquatch. Mm. Large blue orbs <laughs> about the size of a basketball hovering six feet above the ground. I've always wanted to see a blue orb, but um, a few of us went on a, um, we did a special investigation in December in an area of um, east of Lake Okeechobee, down south, um, it's called Dupuy, and um, James Corbett and Hungry Lands. And at, um, it was Dupuy at the group campsite, um, two nights in a row, two different campgrounds at night, um, I had orb experiences, major orb, like huge white, bright LED lights that were just one flash exploded in front of a tree. It was huge. It, it illuminated the whole tree. Oh, yeah. I'll be throwing holy water everywhere. <laughs> and then, um, um, you know, there was more to it and stuff. But um, the next night, Mike was with us when we went to the um, day campsite. And he was with me. And we saw this huge, bright LED light floating in an area where there was trees. And Mike is like, there's somebody out there with a flashlight. And I have my thermal camera. And I'm like, no, there is nobody out there, Mike. And he's like, there's got to be. And I'm like, no, there isn't anybody out there. Look at the size. It probably had to be what, softball size? I say it was about the size of a cell phone. I thought it was someone holding their cell phone. And they were wiggling it and jiggling it around and moving it out there. I said, Marie, someone's out there with their cell phone in their hand. She's like, look through the thermal. There was nobody there. And mm -hmm. and. I'm not a big believer in that stuff. I wasn't, you know, like just not my thing. And then now I think different. It was the craziest thing. And then that night, Mike put out some little um, oh, yeah. Reese's cups on a bench. And the next morning we went back to see what was going on. All the Reese's were gone. And a mushroom was left in the place. <laughs> oh. Unbelievable. It, 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 the first night we were there, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, the first night, yeah, first night we were there. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I put Reese's out at my area. I'm going to do it here just for fun. And yeah. I put them out by, away from everybody else's stuff that they had. And I put mine over here. Nobody else's stuff got messed with, but they took my Reese's. And then oh. brought me and left me a mushroom. <laughs> you didn't like, need it, though, did you? <laughs> Poor but, Chris was trying to keep from laughing. <laughs> I call Chris, Mike the candy you man. Yourself into I, I call Mike the candy man. He's always leading them gifts. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, some, a lot of people stuff do. Mm -hmm. They really do. Mm -hmm. And Chris, like Reese's, you, uh, like yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups. So oh, yeah. also, um, when I saw that at that day that I saw that first huge bright white flash of light with the orb. Um, it was shortly after that. I also heard what sounded like the crack of a baseball bat. Ooh. In the distance. Like a whack, like a crack. And I was like, oh, yes, this is awesome. You know, How so do y'all remain calm? 
I get excited. I, I'm not scared by any of that stuff. I just get very excited. No, you know what scared me? What scared me out there was those alligators that were doing the mating calls. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I was you out went fishing. My, you went. Yeah, fishing. I went fishing by myself just before dark. I'm thinking, all right, I'll go out here by myself. Maybe I'll get something that makes some action, you know. And and it sounded like a a bomb went off in the distance. I guess like a maybe a plane coming back in or a jet or something. And it made that loud sonic boom. Mm-hmm. And when it did, that all the gators started going. And they started doing their growling. <laughs> And they were, I didn't realize I'm in the middle of nowhere in this little pond fishing and there's gators, big male gators all around me. <laughs> I didn't realize how close they were. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, Scarborough says, yes, yeah, seeing is believing when it comes to the orbs, you know, <laughs> and, and one thing I can bring up, Ron said it the best is that, you know, we really need to think outside the box. And I've been saying that for quite a while. Yes. You know, his new book has uh, opened up a lot of doors for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately enough, believe what you will. And uh, seeing is believing. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, especially when it comes to UFOs and Bigfoots and orbs and however they co-mingle or coexist, if they do or don't. I mean, it's just, it's weird. I really don't know what to say. Yeah, well, uh, if you want to know the rest of the story about the first orb I saw. Oh, yes. Um, so... You know, it, the huge flash in front of the tree. And I was like, holy crap, what is that? And then it flashed like four more times. Like it went down all the trees. Just flash, 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 flash. Now, it wasn't a lightning bug. Lightning bugs are not that big. And they don't move that fast. And it went behind a bush. And I had a witness with me. Um, one of the um, team members from the IRSRT, Bettina, was with me. She saw it, same thing. And so it went behind a bush. When it came out from behind the bush, it was then a green firefly. It looked like a firefly. And it starts coming right at us. I've never had a lightning bug (laughs) fly right at us. And I was talking to it. And... um, it got about five feet away from me, and then it moved it over to my right. As soon as it got right next to me, disappeared. Gone. Gone. I don't Oof. know what that is. I don't See, know. See, how can you explain stuff like that? I, I just I just don't get it. I, I, I can't. I mean, it's amazing when it happens. I love it. You know, I've been a paranormal investigator for over 30 years, so I'm used to all that stuff. And I'm just like in awe every single time that, you know, something like that happens. But I'm not. Yeah. Well, you're not. <laughs> but we are not woo-woo investigators, okay? I keep right, saying that to everybody. Right. But these things happen when we're out there that we cannot explain. We're not making it happen. It just happens. That's so, true. That's true. You know, it, it, speaking of that, you know, it's it's wild because you know, I'm in the process of moving to Backwoods, Kentucky, where there are actually Bigfoot organizations and groups and right. ghost organizations, as we talked about prior, you know, off right. and on. And uh, anyways, my parents were like, are you OK? And I'm like, yeah, why? Like, well, we're just kind of concerned about you. And I'm like. <laughs> concerned about you <laughs> did you see something on one of my shows that you're thinking i'm cuckoo or 
<laughs> like, no, you know, we're just worried about maybe you know, drinking about or something. I'm like, drinking? I don't, I don't drink. I'm like, well, we just see a lot of wine bottles. And I started laughing. I'm like, mom and dad, I hate to tell you, but that's holy water. <laughs> and they're like, son, it's okay. You know, we understand people have problems. And, you know, and I'm like, open it up. Try it. So a while back ago, I went to my Catholic church and uh, Father Miguel, I told him, I said, I need small holy water. And uh, he went to a closet and he was whistling and he went to auditorium and he just disappeared in the black, just total blackness. He was gone. He had his robe and everything on. And 10, 12 minutes later, I was like, man, he must have fell somewhere. got hurt. I don't know. I'm going to go in and try to find him. And he comes back and he's holding these wine bottles. And I'm thinking, we're getting ready to drink. And I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, he comes out and he hands them to me. And they're all wet. And I'm like, they're wet, Father. He's like, holy water. I'm like, oh, great. I can see me getting pulled over with all this in the back seat. You know? <laughs> but I had to throw that in there because a lot of people don't believe in things. But uh, it's just a little something funny. So, Chris, what's your uh, take on all this, getting involved with this group and organization and research and learning? Yeah, I'm always trying to keep an open mind to stuff. So, it's, uh, I mean, the, the few times I've been out, I guess I'm with the right people because I definitely see some some weird things that just happen or, or you know, things that I you see that I just can't explain. And it's, it just keeps you, keeps you guessing and it keeps you coming back. That's for sure. It, it really does. And one thing I can tell you, Chris, from experience is, is that was growing up, it was a taboo to, to talk about subjects like we are now. Absolutely. You mm -hmm. know, uh, even Ron and I talked about that, you know, and he would say uh, that he thought people were crazy back when he was my age or younger. And uh, now he's not laughing at them. Because what he's witnessed and observed and encountered over all these years, you know, it, it's never a dull moment. It's always a learning experience. Uh, interviewing people, uh, especially groups or have encounters, it's pretty much similar, but it's not all the same. Mm -hmm. It really isn't. There's some difference in each and everybody's encounter that makes you wonder you know, why is there so much difference, whether it's from Florida, Georgia, Washington State, Maine, Maryland, whatever. It's it's very interesting. And I don't know too much about the skunk ape or i got a brother that lives down in Florida. And that's why I said when it's flooded, you know, where do these creatures go? Do they go to high ground? Do yes. they go to the trees? Yes. So uh, I know it's difficult to do research, especially when you can't look at the ground and find tracks and so forth. But the Reese's Cups, you know, I've heard people leave different things. And, you know, it's I always hear the warm and fuzzy stories, but I've also heard the dark stories when it comes to Sasquatch that makes you chill and freeze in your tracks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's like, well, how do you know what you're going to run into? You know, is it going to be a happy one? Is it going to be a mean one? 
Is it going to be one where the wife's already upset and she's egging them and the samurai chatter? What's going? What? What? What are they talking about? You know, there's so many variables anymore. I and, can't wait till Chris has one of his has a cool moment. Oh, Chris! What, it, it, scare the scare the pants out of me. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's coming. Trust me, it, it will happen. I hang out with you long enough. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, has, Mike has had several interesting encounters with them. Yeah, you want to talk about them, Mike? Yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Grizzly. My bad. You weren't. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've got I've got multiple weird encounters. I think I've talked about a couple of them before. Well, you just I think went out most... recently with your son, right? Out in the What's that? You went out recently yeah. with your son? I did go. Every time I go out with my son, I had the most things happen. Mm-hmm. Every time. Never fails. Really? And me and him took a little trip in. We were only out for 45 minutes. and I, But it was so wet, I had to pick him up and walk into areas and put him down. Kept picking him up and putting him down. He had his little tablet, and he wanted to record. He's like, Dad, I want to record. I'm like, all right. So he's I'm recording one way. He's recording another way, you know, like doing his own thing. And he's and he stops and he goes, "Do you feel that, Dad?" And I go, "I felt it about five minutes ago." And he's like, "I think somebody's watching us." I said, "I think you're right." <laughs> and he, he gets the feeling like I get, like that creepy feeling that something, something's there. Oh yeah. And he goes, "No, Dad, it's really strong." And, it, and I'm like, I, "I believe you." And he'll go back and he'll take his own little footage and he'll start going through and trying to find stuff on his camera. Dad, look at this. Dad, look at this. And I don't know if it, you know, it could be a blob. It could be anything, but there's something there that he's looking at, you know, and he's, he's seen some, some interesting things when he's been out with me and they, and when he makes his noises, you'll get a lot more action when he does his little noises. Like, it's like the kids are playing back with him. Wow. It's, it's pretty cool. That's, it that's amazing. So cl- it happened so close one time that he started crying and freaked out. They were like, they came closer to us within a half an hour period. They got within probably 30 or 40 yards of us and a really loud noise. And it scared him. He started crying. He felt bad. I was like, well, you're out here yelling in the woods. You, they want to come see what it is. <laughs> yeah. What do you expect? Right. <laughs> right. But you do you, your own little howl when you're out there, you do like a cooing sound or something. Yeah. Or... It's like a happy sound. Yeah. It's a sound. It's a sound that I heard and I'll never forget that's the way that sound carried through the trees. And it was like a peaceful, deep, peaceful just and it was one did that and then you hear another they were back and forth with each other and then i've heard that to me that was like a unaggressive comforting sound and then i've heard them like alert themselves and it's more of a and it's just you hear it's just little chris got to hear it finally the other day he heard it because we go i go i don't think they're in this area i think they're it's too wet and we start, and then I'm doing some sounds, and all of a sudden Chris is like, "Whoa, you hear that?" It was a mile off, but they were responding. And he's like, and "That wasn't, wasn't a bird. That was yeah, the same sound owls. you just made. It wasn't right. hard owls or anything like that. Two different times. Like they were saying, right. 'We're out here. We're out here.' <laughs> <laughs> that's that's wild. That really is. And when it comes to children, uh, especially in the paranormal field, they're more sensitive than us yeah. adults. Yes. So um, I never forget uh, when my brother was very young. I was, ooh, I don't know how young. He was young. He kept telling my mom he was seeing angels. Mm. Oh, wow. And uh, 
you know, mom and dad freaked out and rushed him to the hospital and were like, hey, check my son out. And, you know, back then I was a Bible thumper. Mom was Catholic. I got her to switch over to Southern Baptist. Dad, I'm sorry for bringing this up. We used to take his records to church and burn them, wow. you know, in the burn barrel. That's how Southern Baptist I was. Wow. And uh, and for the longest time, for like almost a year, he kept saying angels are visiting me. So they thought he was sick and something wrong and, you know, he's going to be taken. But, you know, during my investigations and interviews, um, it really surprises me to hear about your son getting more vocalizations or more activity. Uh, I know uh, from uh, interviews and other people's encounters that Bigfoot or Sasquatch or like Rick calls them foot, uh, they're very intrigued by children mm-hmm. so sure. it's very interesting it really is you know I, I think it was marie was it last year the child said a uh, missing child said a bear took care of him for two or yes. three days yeah it was a few years ago mm-hmm. i was it yeah it shows yeah. my I, you know Tom's he was like a three-year-old i think yeah was that's right eight years old in carolina north carolina yeah i mean somewhere. come on ladies and gentlemen a bear are you serious yeah. no way <laughs> No way. Yeah, and it took care of him for how many days? Uh, three or four. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. The bear didn't eat him and just took care of him for a few yeah, days. Yeah, right. Right. The bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've also learned, and I, I don't know if I brought it up on your show or not, that a lot of agencies around my area and other states actually have uh, special codes for Bigfoot and Dogman now. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's being more pronounced. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Black Bear is Dog Man. And uh, I can't remember what Bigfoot was. It was something else. It was kind of funny, but not funny. It was something you wouldn't pick up on the radio. Hmm. When I was on county, when I first started out, we had low band frequency. And that means everybody and their brother that had a scanner. They knew when we were coming, right. what route we were taking, mm-hmm. and they would actually wait for us outside. Like over here, it's it's part seventeen down here at the end of the corner, fighting like hell. <laughs> you know, we're like, damn, so much for our surprise coming. You know, but uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's just wild. And uh, I see Chris; he's still over there smirking. What you got up your sleeve, over there, Chris? <laughs> listening to your stories. <laughs> uh, we uh, we all have stories, and we can yes. talk for hours. Yes. But you know, one of the things that I enjoy about this group is that you know there are boots on the ground, and the evidence that you propel forward are true and accurate. They're not misleading. You know, we know they're factual because you're honest people. And yes. uh, unfortunately, we still have Chris, what I call little Johnny's out in the middle of the woods, drunk in one of those ape suits causing havoc and hell to people playing jokes and pranksters. But, you know, I've invited to go some uh, Bigfoot hunting in southern Indiana. And I'm all excited because I've got all this new technology you know trail cams with no infrared and wow Mm -hmm. you know picks up 90 feet of motion up sometimes 95 feet so i'm telling my friend i'm gonna have a camera on a camera on a camera on a camera on a camera so no matter which way something does happen i want to catch something he's like no you're not 
I'm like, I know I'm probably not, but let's let me try, you know. <laughs> let me try. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Mike, I may use your Reese's cups. Mm-hmm. So I may hang some from a tree with some fishing line. Hell, I don't know. Take take one package and crack it open a little. Just really get a little little crack in it. Let so that smell, smell come out. They can smell it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I, I I'm telling you, I one of these days I'm actually have to give you some pictures so you can see them. But I literally had a footprint next to two wrappers one time and a hair that was on the wrapper. The wrappers had been torn open. It was they were moved about probably 40 yards from where I put them. And oh, I found wow. the two, two two wrappers and a footprint that was uh, 14 and a half inches long by six inches wide. That was and I had the picture. I have a picture of it, all of it. It's pretty cool. Wow. No animal, no teeth marks. No. Yeah. What did it do? Gum it to death? <laughs> it's like torn open. He like tore torn it open. Like, that like is open. wild. Yeah, you think it was I raccoon or something? You'd have teeth marks everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I? I don't remember if I told you or not, but I've been going to that same area for a long time, and and it's it's my my most comfortable area. Mm-hmm. And I went in there one day after six months of giving them stuff, and one day out of the blue, I go in there to go check it, and there was six months of wrappers that I found in one spot. Really? Like brought them all up to me and said, all right, here's your junk. You want to take it with you now? Wow. <laughs> and they put it right where I would find it. It was never there before. And I found it. one. T- it's right where I walk in. And I'm like, there was none of these wrappers here. It was, it was a Pop-Tart wrapper. There was all kinds. Everything I tried, they, they ate it and brought it back to me. I was like, that is weird. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Let me see if I can find this picture for you guys. I don't know if I ever told you all this, but I interviewed a guy a while back ago. Uh, he's a famous hunter. And watch, I can't find the picture now. It's amazing how you think you have a photo and you look through and you got thousands of them on your phone, right? <laughs> of course, right? Uh, let's see here. But he was hunting one morning and uh, he was up in his tree stand and... Uh, uh, a doe came walking by within 30 or 35 yards from him. And it was probably about eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. And uh, he took a shot at it. And he was like, oh, man, this is perfect. And when he let go of the bow, it went right over its back and the doe took off. Well, he was really upset. And he was like, oh, man. And he was talking out loud. He said, I missed it. And uh, so he sat there for a few more minutes, and evidently he was carrying on a conversation to himself. But uh, did he realize that somebody or something was listening to him? And uh, so he goes in, calls it a day. He's upset, you know, towards the end of deer season and everything. I'm checking another phone real quick. And uh, he's telling his family what happened, you know, and all this other stuff and they're like oh don't worry honey you still got a couple more days and you know us hunters uh we don't like to hear that we're like yeah yeah okay whatever (laughs) so he gets up the next morning and uh he goes and gets his clothes on from the back porch you know we always leave our clothes out for hunting to cover up our scent and stuff uh we didn't have the scent coverings like we did back then uh, so as he's walking into the woods, uh, he finds a buck laying right there with his neck broken. Oh my God. And he's like, uh, and he's a big, uh, Bigfoot, uh, investigator. And he was like, uh, 
sorry, I can't take this. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the meat has spoiled and uh, I, I just I just can't take it. Now he's freaking out because uh, he's afraid his neighbors are going to think he's poaching. Oh, yeah. So he drags this oh. buck down the embankment around the creek and he finds this brush pile and when he does, he buries it. You know, just covers it up, whatnot. And uh, he goes up to his tree stand and everything. And he's up in there. And a couple hours went by, and he didn't hear nothing, see nothing. So he goes back down, and uh, he's like, you know what? He's going to go back and check on that buck. He said, man, that is the strangest thing, you know? And, and he's telling me the story, and I'm like, man, this is really interesting. And he says, I go back, and it's gone. Oh, he says, I didn't hear anything. He says, but what, what is really weird is that you can see where I drug it down the hill. You can see where I stopped dragging it. You can see where I put the brushes or brush over it. But you don't see anybody picking it up or dragging it off. It's like somebody just picked it up, put it on their shoulders and walked off. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, please tell me you got a picture of that. And he says, I sure do. And I was like, oh, please send it to me. And um, I should be able to come up to it any second now. And the way this buck's neck was broken, there's no way that a human being can do it. I mean, okay. I've been there hunting for a lot of years of my life, and I don't, I don't hunt anymore. But I should be right there coming to it. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen here. And, and they're so, they, they can move their neck so far too. You know, you would, it's really got to be hard to break a deer's neck. Right. Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. That is correct. And here it is. I knew I would find it. Let me see if I can bring it up there. Oh, yeah. Now, a human being cannot do that with no. a deer's neck. No. Mm -mm. That's... That's crazy. That is. And he said. What a, what a great story. He said, did it give me the eebajeebers? <laughs> he said, I had no idea that I had one out back. And I said, I got one better than that. I said, I had one guy deer hunting. And he, he, he's so terrified of the woods, he will not go back in. He's <laughs> in a deer, deer stand. And you know how it is when it's cold and uh, Sun comes up and you get warm, you fall asleep, and next thing you know, the tree stand was shaking like hell. Oh, gosh. knocked his rifle off and knocked his some of his gear off his stand. And he looks down, and it's Bigfoot shaking the hell out of it, screaming at him. Wow. Now, I dropped dead right there. <laughs> he lost everything, he never went back, he didn't find his <laughs> rifle, he left the tree stand in place. He said, yeah, Nope. Okay, so what happened? I mean, he's in the stand, Bigfoot shaking it. Then what? He was just screaming. And he then said he, he literally walks away, or literally what? just messed his pants and everything. <laughs> he said all my body, uh, whatever you want to call it, just let loose, both one <laughs> and two, and uh, and it just stood there screaming at him, and it just walked off. Wow! And he was like. I, he said, I don't remember touching one step coming out of that tree stand. He said, I think I jumped. He said, I just took off running. I said, I left everything. Never went back, rifle and all. 
Yeah, he definitely was pissed off about Hunter's being there. That's for sure. I don't know. I see. That's something, Chris. I hope you never experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't want any angry ones. <laughs> I took him to the place that I had the tree shaking at, where, where the tree got shaking at me, and it, and it growled and stomped the ground at me, me and my dog. I oh, took him wow. to that place. I, you know, I don't know if I told you that story. That's no. a that's a very interesting story. But we, long story short, I was back there by myself with my dog, and it. It's a mile and a half to get back into where I was at. And I had just found two footprints that I measured that were 19 inches long. And 19 by 10. Wow. It was huge, huge prints. I have pictures of them. And the mud was two inches high on the sides of it where it stepped in and squished it up. It was so this thousand pound animal, you know. And at, when I saw that, my, 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 my little meter went off and it said, you probably should stop. I don't think you should keep going any farther. And I, so I took my camera, I took pictures of it, and I'm like ready to go. And my dog stops, and she's just staring at the wood line. And she had this little low growl, and I'm like, oh, boy. And I knew something was there, and she locked on it. And she started doing that growl, and then it sounded like something stomped the ground. Boom! And then I, I jumped, she jumped, and then this is about 40 yards from me. You couldn't see into the bushes. It's real thick. But you could see the trees up that were sticking out of it. And it took that middle tree and it shook it and it, it went back and forth like, just like my head. And it did it once and then it did it again. And the third time it went, <laughs> and went over. And that thing let out a yell. And my dog turned and she tried to hang herself on the leash. If I did, she went on the leash, she would have left my, she would have left me there. She was gone. <laughs> like, no way, dad. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I took Chris back there. How? What is that place like, Chris? It's pretty crazy. Pretty it's, creepy uh, it's out there. Creepy. Unbelievable. Rick said someone said they saw a print 34 inches long, 15 inches wide, makes foot about 10 feet tall and seven to, or 10 tall and seven to 900 pounds. Well, I, I think the formula that somebody told me years ago, and I think it's been validated. Divided by two, right? Yeah. It's every two inches mm -hmm. for every inch is a foot on a big foot right. on a track. Right. And I think that uh, I, somebody a while back could go doubt me again, and they, and they called BS on me, and they just jumped up from the computer. I'm like, well, maybe you had to go to the bathroom. And you heard the aluminum tape. <laughs> <laughs> and he was taking off his shoes and socks. I'll be damned. Grizzly's yeah. right. Yes, it is. And it, it is. It, it's, it's a good estimate. Yeah, because my foot is like 11 inches long. So you divide it by two. So that's five and a half feet. I'm 5'4". So, so it's, a, it's a good estimate. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Scarborough says, good info on the print castings. They had small sticks, pine needles for added strength. I think it's... Yes. I think it's excellent. I really yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, uh, just kind of use what you got there, you know. I just use it like a rebar, you know. Yeah, seeing mm -hmm. is believing when it comes to orbs, absolutely. Absolutely. Rick, uh, fairies, uh, I do talk about fairies. That's another show, absolutely. Uh, some people believe that orbs are some fairies, but it's weird, you know. Uh, everybody's got their different views. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughts about the Patterson and Gimlin tape? 
What do y'all think about that? Oh, I think it's legit. I think it's authentic. I mean, there's been so much analysis that's been done, you know, body proportions and stuff like that compared to a human. And it just, to me, um, it seems very legit. Well, now the latest footage I've seen has been out for a while. It shows that one gentleman that supposedly, allegedly, was told to wear that suit. I can't remember his name, Ralph yeah. Hand. Mm -hmm. But they took the measurements of him compared to the Patty uh, footage mm -hmm. and said, Shazam, it's him. Well, if you dissect the footage a lot closer, especially in the 4K mode, like they cleaned it up, the muscle tone and everything else and the gait, there's no way that a human being can reenact that. No. And, I, I, uh, I like that last frame when the foot flexes. Yes. Mm -hmm. the yes, toes. that is true. And that there's true. more to it. That film is only a portion of the real film. That is um, correct. The original film, I think there's five copies of the originals. And the original shows a baby Bigfoot. Oh, That's why I Patty was, was that. walking away because she was trying to take the focus off the baby that was over on the left that they don't show. See, I did not know that. And they said there was also a male in the trees. So I, I saw something else in the trees. Yeah. For, so for some reason, that was never told or shown i don't know why it was like kind of kept a secret but um that's what the original footage shows and um, i know somebody who has seen it so well and that and this brings up another good topic that i always like to talk about and i interviewed a woman i don't know if you caught the interview or i told you about it, it was two females going on a trip I don't know. It's just a woman's trip somewhere out west, and it was a hotel in the woods or something. Uh, it's almost like the uh, uh, the Shining. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyways, they were um, for a walk, and the people at the counter just, just wanted to give them a warning. Beware, it is bear season. Mm -hmm. So do not run if you see bears. Just walk off softly and you'll be okay. Hmm. Okay. So I was like, yeah, okay. So her and her girlfriend took off the walk and about an hour and a half, they're walking along. She says, stop. And her girlfriend's like, what? She's, I see bears. Man, her girlfriend turned around and hauled ass. She's like, what the <laughs> hell? You're not supposed to run. And she's running. So she reaches down in her purse, pulls out a camera and takes a picture. And she puts the camera back in her purse and slowly turns around. I'm talking just modestly, just slowly turns around, walks off. No big deal. Me, I probably would have took off running. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, the hardest, thing, the hardest thing I ever did was not run that day. Oh, I could imagine. I, I could imagine. almost had tears in my eyes. I was that scared. <laughs> Yeah, you were by no yourself way. too, Mike. I was, I was me and my dog, and, and but there's a difference in fear and primal fear. Yeah. Mike, tell them the best part. Tell them what you found or what what you came back to your truck to. Oh, the two officers. <laughs> 
You I got serious? back in my truck. I had parked next to a kind of an expensive neighborhood, and I'm in camo, hiding in, running through the woods. <laughs> so, so they, this, I get back and there's an old man on a bicycle and two cops behind my truck. I'm like, oh great, and I got me and my dog and I'm in full camo, and I'm, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and then, it, my eyes are probably the size. Uh, <laughs> and they're like looking at me probably thinking i'm on drugs probably i just gotten this just happened you know so who it, it was wild it, it, what are you up to boy yeah they they well they said they said are you hunting and i said not really i'm kind of and they're like, what are you doing? And I pointed to the back of my truck and the guy looked, the officer looked at me like, are you effing serious? <laughs> and I said, I'm going to tell you right now, there's something back there that you, uh, you shouldn't let any kids or anything back there. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was still shaking. My eyes were still big. I was like, oh my God, I just, you know, that thing just happened. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know. I, I couldn't even tell you what I hardly said to the cops. I was so nervous still. I was still freaking out from that. I didn't care about the cops, really. I just, something just shook a tree that was 40 50 foot tall like it was nothing you know oh i hate to be but, one of those cops but i got i got told that i'm not allowed to go in that way ever again so <laughs> <laughs> so they trespassed you yeah they didn't really they just gave me a verbal said hey you know and i'm i'm not, I, I didn't ask the old guys like what am i doing wrong i was walking my dog he's like well, there's hunters back here i said well i'm not a hunter I said, I had no gun on me. I have nothing on me. I'm just walking my dog back here. I like to be in camo because I like to try, try to catch up on the or sneak up on the animals and the wildlife. But yeah, that's that's yeah, the people that moved, that's the type of people that moved to Florida. Mm -hmm. You should have said that uh, I'm a traveler. I don't uh, answer questions. A traveler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen those videos on YouTube when they get pulled yeah. over. Oh, I'm yeah. a traveler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got put over the other day, 74 and a 55. I don't know what in the world I was thinking. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it was in front of Walmart, and I'm not going to tell you which county. And a guy was like, did you not see me sitting there? I'm like, no, I didn't see anybody sitting anywhere. He said, you shook me when you went by. <laughs> and uh, I have FOP plates, thank goodness. You know, but, uh, and he goes, uh just let you know, uh, I'm, do you have your insurance and reg or uh, insurance and driver's license? And uh, I said, yes, I do, but I'm a traveler. And he just stood there and was like, uh, it's like, I always wanted to say that to another officer. <laughs> so he got a good laugh and he's like, look, your tags are expired. I'm like, no way. <laughs> and I was like, they, they can't be. I said, they're FOP plates. And I said, you can't do it online. You have to go inside. And I'm pulling out my paperwork and I'm like, damn, you're right. He goes, well, I don't have a FOP plates. What do you got to do? I said, you got to go in, show your police credentials, your FOP card and all this other stuff and proof of insurance. He's like, it's a holiday anyway. It's not that, you know, it's just last month. Take care of it and watch the roads are wet. And he's still laughing because I said that. But that, anyways, that's what I would have said. I'm a traveler. That's but cool. hunting, that that was funny though. And showing, would you have a Bigfoot sticker on the back of your truck? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I literally was showing them like pictures of footprints and things. Also, yeah. they were just like they they just thought I was gone. <laughs> yeah, they probably did. 
Yeah, that that or they know what's back there. <laughs> yeah, whenever anybody knows. asks us what we're doing out there, it's like, um, um, wildlife Animal research. photographers. <laughs> I, I say I say animal research for the state of Florida. There you go. There you go. That's that's a good one. Oh, mm -hmm. back to the two ladies. So she goes and check this out. She gets the film developed. So we now we know it's not digital or electronic right. film developed. And she gets it home about a week and a half later and she's going through there and she starts panicking frantically. Calls her girlfriends up. Girlfriend is like calm down what's going on and i mean she literally thought she was having a stroke so she's gonna she told her if you don't calm down i'm calling 911 we're gonna send police and ems over and i guess she just lost it and she's like you remember that picture i took she's like yeah the bears she says it wasn't bears it was bigfoot family with babies nice oh, wow. they were on the ridge looking down Nice. And it was it was one of those one ten film cameras. Remember when we were kids? Yeah. <laughs> the point and shoots. Yep. So she wrote a book. It's called Unlikely Encounters. It's on Amazon, and she actually has that picture on the cover and wraps around to the back of the book. Cool. And wow. it's not it's yeah. not a blob. It's not a blur. It's an actual photograph. And it's so called that, what? Uh, Unlikely Encounters. Unlikely encounters. So, and that's when I was bringing up is that, you know, at the, the Patty film, they use it, was it six or 10 millimeter film? I can't remember which 16, one. 16, I think. 16, you're right. That's right. 16. And uh, I think Rick asked me the other day about that. And I said, yeah, I think they do have better luck using older technology because we know from experience that there's some kind of interference with technology and battery drainage and so forth correct what do y'all think about that yes i i tend to think that too i'm not sure i mean what they had to have had some kind of batteries to run the camera but i don't know it, it i guess it's just a simpler technology that it makes it easier i don't know well, and don't forget, you know, we're talking a negative to to film and the the light and the magnifying glass. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not I don't know too much about photography and cameras, but you know, it's it's and ladies and gentlemen, no disrespect. You know, when people ask me, Grizzly, is this footage or photograph real? Number one, I wasn't there. Number two, I didn't take it. Okay. First off, you be like Mike out in the woods and you actually see something shaking the hell out of a tree. Do you think that you could stand there calmly <laughs> while your phone camera is trying to adjust to the, the brightness or darkness to take a good picture? No. Hell, no. There's no. no way in hell. No way. Or if you're trying to run and take photographs, yeah. So, you know, yeah. think about that. Yeah. I, I mean, had my phone in my pocket and I didn't even touch it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't think about it. They all know. I was thinking about, about to get killed. <laughs> yeah, you're just so focused on what. But I will say that was the only one of the only bad encounters I've ever had. You know, I've I've had two that I say were kind of bad, and that other than that, I've never had another bad one ever since then. Bad in what way, Mike? Bad That's in like I was going to ask. Bad really? in like it, like I felt like it didn't want me there. Mm. Like I was being told to leave. And I don't know. Now it's just, it feels a little different. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I pick up on it better, but my senses went off that day. And then 
that happened. And I've had them go off before, but I don't push forward like I used to. You know, I well, yeah. I mean, that's that's a normal human response. You know, some people call it fight or flight. You know, some people can add a third term to it, which I'm not going to say. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, our minds are not used to process something like that. You know, right. we we're always taught to what to believe. Yes, to believe in. You know. Uh, what is real, what is not real. Mm-hmm. And and then the human body experiences something that the mind cannot even process. Correct. And it's sad because there are so many good people out there in the world, their lives have been totally ruined with, uh, you know, post-stress traumatic syndrome or PSTD or PTSD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they literally cannot go back in the woods at all or drive near the woods uh, because their encounters they had when they were younger or when they were hunting. Right. And they're just now coming forward and, and saying, hey, this happened to me. And because they're hearing other people coming forward, you know, like some of your stories, Mike and Chris, you're going to have them. They're coming. I assure you, hang around this group. I'm going to see bananas hanging off your ears as earrings. I'm telling you. <laughs> I've I been reading some of the little chats at the bottom, and this um, person was talking about um, a sighting, I guess, near um, Ocala National Forest. Right. By Wildwood. And um, uh, that's where I had my, 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 you know, my biggest Bigfoot experience, which was a huge howl that I heard out in the Ocala National Forest um, probably about uh, four years ago at 1.30 in the morning. I was camping with friends on the coldest night of the year, and we heard this incredible, long Bigfoot howl, you know, what most people would describe as the t- classic Ohio Bigfoot call. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just amazing. It was just one, and it was maybe... I don't know, maybe a half mile away, but, um, so it wasn't close, but you could definitely hear it and it was incredible. So there's definitely Bigfoots in Ocala National Forest. It's one of my favorite places to, um, investigate. I have a spot out there that have some weird structures that just come and go. They build something, they knock it down, build something else, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's very exciting. It's, it's just very exciting. And yeah, I know another big really awesome. group um, who just had a sighting this weekend, I believe. So um, they're definitely out there. Yes, they are. And uh, Jason, I'm not going to say your last name, uh, but I would love to. <laughs> he is a wildlife national photographer. He's very well known. Mm-hmm. He's uh, one of my admins in one of my groups. Uh, I actually had him on my show. And he went out with a Bigfoot group in Ohio. Oh, boy. <laughs> I would love to, to do that. To find the Ohio grass man. Oh. Well, so he, he's got some short video clips. I should have prepped one and, and showed it, but I probably wouldn't be able to talk for the rest of the show. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he wandered off from the ladies to to have the natural body function to release himself. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he told me, he was like, Chris, I was trying to get my camera and then we got, I couldn't reach it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, he said, I saw Bigfoot. I saw Bigfoot. And he's like, I was like, well, was it a day or night? He's like, I'm like, well, what happened? He's like, oh, you have to see the video. And I'm like, okay. So he sent it to me and I start laughing my rear end off. So he is actually filming the Bigfoot when he got a hold of his camera as it went to the ground. And you can see the eye shine. Mm. And he's like, I just crapped myself. Everybody, everybody, I'm crapping. Everybody, over here, over here. Oh my God, he's it's staring at me. He's it's staring he's, at me. Everybody, over here. Oh, I'm over here, guys. Guys. It just cuts off. <laughs> and I'm like, what'd you do, Ryan? He's like, hell yeah, I ran. <laughs> But the eye shine was perfect, and he didn't tell me what he was doing. I just kind of assumed. I didn't want to embarrass him. <laughs> but he said that uh, when he first noticed that, he was like, what the hell's that? He's like, no way. Eye shine. Big eyes. Real tall. It's Bigfoot. And then, <laughs> then he said he was trying to grab the camera. So I'm picturing picturing what he's doing and then when he start filming is when the eyes went to the ground and then went to all fours mm -hmm. and it was so funny because he was so terrified he was trying to tell everybody without screaming he where he was at so they can come over and see but nobody was responding so he was just like okay i got enough i'm out peace <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's probably the best eye shine I've seen in a while. It really has. And you can tell by watching the video, it was not a deer. It was not an owl. And right. uh, especially was, when I say on all fours, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this team knows what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about imagine Sasquatch standing and getting on all fours like a spider. Right. Now, that is a creepy thought to even think about, but it, right. they actually do this. And that's yeah, what this one was doing, was trying to hide from him. Mm -hmm. But his flashlight was not bright enough to illuminate where it was at, but bright enough to illuminate yeah. the eyes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, it. I have to show the video next time I get you on. Or, or I have to send you the link at least. Right. Because the, the video I showed my friend was unedited. <laughs> it's been hilarious to watch it. I'm oh, sure. yeah, it was. Now, the video <laughs> that he, he put out in public was edited. So, yeah, he didn't say crap. He said a whole lot more than that. But, yeah. <laughs> the outtakes are the best part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I tell you, I was dying. I was dying. Uh, mechanical cameras, the 16 millimeters, has no batteries for the Patterson Gilman film. Really? So, so there's your answer. So I guess it was a wind up one. Yeah, 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 I guess it's just a wind. You just wind it, wind it up, and yeah. let it go, or you wind it as you go. So that right. makes sense. Right. So that would make sense. That there's yeah, nothing like mechanical that it can interfere with, or whatever. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that would actually make a lot of sense. And 
And I'm being told that a lot of people, um, I shouldn't announce this publicly because of all the antique shops and stores, but a lot of people are going back to the older cameras. Yes. So uh, I'm not trying to drive the price up on anybody, but I think it's a good idea. I don't know if you can still get the film out there or not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I may be, but I know of at least two people who have purchased those old cameras. For See, my reason. grandfather had the projector and everything. Yeah. And I don't know who got it in the family, but yeah. And I think they even know, have some current Polaroids too, like a newer style Polaroids that the kids are using. Yeah. I don't know the, the brand name. on his show. Yeah. Yeah. They sure do. That's but see, idea. I don't know if I can deal with that flash and seeing something mm -hmm. just for that one second. I think I would freak out. So uh, I bought me an infrared handheld camera, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a it was a real cheapy, and I tell you how cheap it was. It's put together by four screws, a camera lens, and a bunch of wires. I'm like, you gotta be joking! <laughs> I paid a hundred something bucks for that. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, right. I haven't even plugged it in to test it yet. But my favorite piece of equipment is the thermal cameras. I just love those things. I mean, well, see, that's what my buddy said. He was like, if you quit them. buying trail cams. I was like, I haven't bought that many. And uh, so I sit there and I engrave them all with uh, numbers and stuff. So mm -hmm. just in case they get stolen and right. markings on them. And I had 29 trail cameras. I was like, damn. 29? Holy yes. cow. Yeah, you got a problem. Oh, you got an yeah, addiction. I <laughs> <laughs> but I got a variety of them, you know, between the old and the new technology. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad's got this really nice aluminum ladder that's not even three or four foot tall and doesn't even weigh like six, seven pounds. And it extends, I think, 12 feet up in the air. So I plan on taking that out in the woods with me, strapping it on my backpack and putting cameras way up in trees, right. pointing down. Yep. yep. So that's why I said camera on a camera on a camera on a camera. So if somebody does take something, aha, I'll make you Facebook famous. Right. <laughs> Exactly. But uh, hopefully I can catch something. But, you know, we know they can see infrared. Mm -hmm. We know they drain batteries. Mm -hmm. So those two things knock me out of almost all but six cameras. Mm -hmm. The other six do take batteries, but it's no infrared. It's some kind of new technology. I'm dying to test it out. So mm. we'll wait and see. Hopefully it works. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, well, Mike, what else you got? I've always wanted okay. to get a, a cellular camera so I can do a live stream. What do you mean? Have a, have a cellular camera somewhere, you know, where you can, a good one, one of my good areas, and I can just click in on it every once in a while and see what's going on. Oh, oh, you mean the um, the trail cam cellular. with the cell phone connection? Yeah, it's a cellular. It'll, uh, it'll ring on your phone or whatever. Yeah, right. it'll, it'll, it'll alert you to a motion. Yeah. Now, see, Mike. I'm the type of guy that I know that if you know that I know where they're at, I'll wait till you're not there and I put a mask on, get naked, and I oh, go yeah. streaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll streak, brother. So now we know not to put cameras up in Kentucky where Grizzlies. <laughs> what in the hell was that, guys? <laughs> but you got to tell him, Marie, I might streak back with him. He don't yeah, know. I know. See? This is what you're dealing with here. You got Mike. <laughs> Big streaking contest going on. 
Yes. Well, that actually happened uh, somewhere in one state where an old man put a cape on and a mask and did that in front of the neighbor's trail cam. I thought oh that was funnier gosh. now. That's crazy. Oh, so. I guarantee you. I guarantee we've been on a few. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I guarantee it. But I just know, smile and wave at them. <laughs> well, the well, problem with the um, uh, with all the flooding and stuff is. I had trail cameras and Tim had some ta trail cameras out. We put them out in June. And, you know, the thought was, okay, we're just going to keep them out here for a couple of months. We're going to go get them. Well, wrong. We couldn't get them because the whole area was totally flooded. It, we had to wait five months oh, to get wow. the trail cam out to in order to get to the area where the trail cams were because that area was flooded and, and then I, it was so grown up you couldn't even get there and yeah you couldn't even see the trail that the the map or gps said there was a trail there i'm like mm, i don't know where there's a trail i can't see anything it's all water there's snakes in the water and it was just like no nah, i'm out so yeah it took <laughs> five months did you get, get anything off of them um, one camera, well, because of all the wind and stuff like that, um, I had five days worth of coverage on my trail cam. Wow. Five days. It was out there for five months. It used up all the memory from all the wind and, you know, the rain and blah, 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 blah. But one of the cameras got, um, some really good stuff. It got just several, um, Groups, family of wild hogs, really. Oh cool. wow! You can hear them snorting. You can hear them rooting. You can hear them squeaking. And um, I also got a coyote, and I got a deer, and a woodpecker. Hmm. So it was good. You know, the quality was excellent. The trail cam was fabulous, but um, unfortunately, I put it in a spot where there was a bunch of trees and tree limbs moving around you know whenever it was breezy rain right, or whatever right. it five days it, it took up all my memory card <laughs> so that's something now i bought a, a handheld card reader to where i can do it out in the field and i'm too anxious to see what's on there instead yeah. of mm -hmm. going back to camp using my laptops or whatever right but uh Chris, I don't know if you're aware of this because you're kind of new to maybe not the field, but to the group. But a lot of people reporting that on their trail cams, they get sticks waved in front of it Ooh. back and forth. Ooh. And this is where nobody is. That's interesting. Yes. And then they see a hairy eyeball. Like looking up at it. <laughs> I've seen those pics. I'm like, well, I don't think that's a fake pic. You know, I mean, it's kind of awkward. And uh, I've seen them being chewed on with their teeth marks that I've never seen before. No animal, lion, tiger, bear, whatever would chew on something like this. Especially with the, I mean, it literally tore up the camera by biting on it. And mm -hmm. uh, I have some people say that it took them days to find some of them. Because they would be thrown 30 or 40 yards from wow. where they were from yeah. the tree. Yes. Yeah, so I have I was, a lock. I have a cable lock. So it's locked in place. It can't be uh, ripped off and thrown, I guess. But, How was but the woodpecker was pecking, pecking my trail cam and the tree behind it. 
Oh, wow. You hear, I'm like, what is that? What is that? And then, boop, you see a little woodpecker head. And I'm like, oh, my God. So Tim, Tim had a good one. Wow. Do you remember Tim's story that um, he had apples out and he had his camera yes. aiming on the, on the, I don't know how many apples he had, but he had his camera aiming and the camera shakes a little bit and then moves just a little, it moves yeah, just camera. a little bit. Mm-hmm. The whole camera moved just a little bit and his apples were gone. Yeah. Never saw what took them. Right. <laughs> wow. Is that not smart? Oh yes. yeah. Yes. You know, is you know, people always ask me, Grizzly, how can something that big stay so elusive for all these years? I'm like, they really haven't been. I mean, they go back in time, like I told Rick, as far as man can remember on on cave paintings. You know, they didn't call them Bigfoot back then. That was going what back in the '60s or '70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and there's so many different names that they're called by. You know. Uh, Daniel Boone killed one in Kentucky uh, with his musket. Uh, that made the history books. I don't know if y'all knew about that or not. I heard about uh, it. I don't know if I ever heard that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, it's uh, good evening, everyone. Hello. How are you? Uh, so they've been around. Uh, one thing a lot of people is always fought over in one form or fashion. I call it a, a, a Gestapo, but each their own. And speaking of that, all the admins and moderators out there, thank you for all the love for letting Grizzly advertise and broadcast live in your group. Thank you very much. Is that you either have to believe in flesh and blood or this mm-hmm. to be in my group. And I'm like, you can't. Mm-mm. And the reason why you, I say you cannot do that is that how can you force someone to believe if they encounter something totally opposite or they encountered both in the encounter or encounters? Mm-hmm. And that's when Ron finally come out of the box and is like, look, we need to start looking over the box top and mm-hmm. thinking way outside because – there's something else going out there. I mean, I've got this one psychic that tells me she was riding her bike and she saw the torso of a Sasquatch run across the trail and she hit a damn tree. Cool. And she didn't know what the hell it was. And then it wow. took her like a couple of days to figure it out because she was like, what is that? What was that? You know, is that something running in and out of a dimension? Or is that mm-hmm. the only thing that was supposed to be seen by her? Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you explain that? Yeah. And uh, Chris, not to pick on you or keep bringing your name up, but, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, why is it that there's footprints out in the middle of a field and you see one more and it's gone? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. And a lot of people tell me, Grizzly, they backtrack. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, the Bigfoot, it is that great at backtracking. You would see the footprints being smudged somehow, double printed. I mean, there's right. no way you can actually backtrack. No, no. And I, I can't yeah, even do it. I don't, I, I don't believe that either. I know in my area, in my areas that I'm at, and most of the areas we're at, I, I really believe they use the fallen trees to jump on. I think they get on the fallen trees and walk on them like freaking right. the time Monkeys, they can move around right? without being heard. Because mm-hmm. there's fallen trees, and you start paying attention, well, you know, they all almost connect. It's pretty wild. That, that is a good way to look at it. Uh, 
I was trying to click on this person's comments here. Let me see if I can go back and do it. Uh, good evening, everyone. There's more skeptic than believers. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with skeptics. Uh, a good skeptic is, a, is, is a, actually a good believer in my book. And the reason why I say that is because they're not tainted. Oh, Chris fell off. And, uh, <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because they're not tainted by any of the negativism or the pre-series that people has programmed people to think about Sasquatch, Bigfoot, uh, however else you want to call them. Uh, but it's usually the non-believers that actually see the, the ones first than the believers. And it's amazing how that works. Yes. It really is. Data is what is most important. And see, and that's the problem is, is how do you, how do you get some data on something that you cannot track? And like, like I told Ron, there's Chris, like I told Ron, it's not like we're flying a helicopter and shooting them with darts and putting bracelets on them or neck collars. Right. And tracking them around through the country. So, you know, there's got to be a third or fourth, fifth dimension. Who knows? I mean, I, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, sightings, yes. I mean, it is. Now, one of the things that Ron talked about was very, very interesting, and it really clicked in my mind, is to take a map of all the Bigfoot sightings, and there's Bigfoot uh, groups out there that has reports of North America, and lay that map out on top of a regular map. Now, you get all these points. Now, while you do that, take another map of... I don't know why they call them UAPs, but UFOs. Mm -hmm. and oh, yeah, the that, UFO sightings. Yeah, on top mm -hmm. of that map with the other map. Then on top of that, take alien abductions mm -hmm. and put it on top of all those maps. And we're talking transparencies, by the way, right. people, right. so you can see the blots and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you can take the lane lines and lay that on top of everything. And then you're starting to see a pattern. Mm -hmm. And then once you start to see a pattern, then take the cave systems that are known to date and right. add that on top to it. Mm -hmm. And then behold, put the state and national parks on top of it. And man, you have something to go by now. Yeah. So, it, you know, that's, that's really a good sign. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on it, Maria? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I know some people who, I know a guy actually that lives on Ocala. He's a big footer. He's been camping. Um, he'll go out there by himself and camp. And, um, he told me he's had two UFOs, like in the middle of the night, he's by himself in his tent. His whole tent will illuminate out of nowhere from above twice it's happened and it scares the daylights out of him but so there's ufo sightings even ocala national forest and everywhere else oh um, yeah i personally think that you know they're flesh and blood creatures but i do think they have special they have some kind of special ability meaning maybe they have the ability to cloak or you know do whatever it is they do, you know, go one dimension to another or whatever. Um, 
I, I just think that they do have some kind of special ability that we have not seen in any creature yet. You know? I do believe in that. And ladies and gentlemen, into our house tonight is Darren Bronson. Everybody say hello to Darren. Hey, Darren. Hey, Darren. How are you? Glad to have you uh, on top of the cave systems, too. Yeah, absolutely, Darren. Uh, like strategic missile sites and nuclear bases. That was brought up, too. Yeah. Especially with the UFA, or UFAs. There we go again with my vocabulary. UFOs and you. Mm -hmm. AFs, right? Unidentified flying. Uh, I forgot okay. how you say it now. UA UAPs? Yeah, UAPs. There we go. I'm always mm -hmm. stuck on uh, Unidentified yo, everyone. aerial phenomena. Yeah. Darren says, yo, everyone. How's everybody up? Well, we're good. Yep. So you're uh, taking a break from your tour, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's interesting is because we don't know, right? And there's so much to learn. And our brain can only process so much, you know, and I feel sorry, like I said earlier, for the people that have mental problems now because of their encounters. It's it's really wild. It really is. So, yes, Darren, it's unbelievable that you're here. I'm glad to see you. Hopefully you're taking a good break. So he's on the best show. Yes. Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. So but, yeah, it really is. And. Chris, you're going to have them. I'm telling you, it's it's coming. Uh, you know, I've always heard people put trinkets out, uh, Reese's Cups now. Yep. Like uh, you know, uh, the, the camera with the sticks has been amazing. Because yeah. you actually see part of the hand. It's black and furry. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not like a, a glove. I mean, you can tell it's some kind of creature. It's not a human hand, especially the thickness of the fingers and stuff. So, which we know it's not a human being doing the, you know, stick movement. Right. But they know that they're there. And mm -hmm. I think that you all and whoever's talked about the 60 millimeter, you know, batteries is probably onto something. Right. I really do. Absolutely. I do. Believe I really that. do. Mm -hmm. You have I any other? I said something interesting. He, he made a comment to me the other day and it, it struck me. Little funny about um, he had a, he had a, a dream that so I guess they told him that they could only be seen with mirrors. And if you think about it, the old school cameras, actually have a mirror. So when you're taking a photo with film, it's actually a reflection. So you wonder if you can catch things differently with hmm. that with the regular phone. That's interesting. That is interesting. You know, I mean, that can be something else that can be put to test. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Chris. I really am. That's very interesting. You know, because it seems like back then, uh, I think the footage was a lot more, I don't want to say more better, but it was more realistic than what we're getting the digital ones now these days. And, you know, I get, text messages, SMM messages, PMs, DMs, however you want to call them, are like, are you continually going to let this person post these dogman pictures in our groups that are nothing but red circles and red mm -hmm. dots as eyes? And I'm like, give them benefit of the doubt. And they're like, we have, but there's nothing there. Right. I'm like, okay, here, here's an example. I'm not a photographer, but I know this much. 
So Marie and myself, we're down in Florida, and we're standing on this road, and across the road about 60 yards, there is something looking at us in the bush. Now, with our human naked eyes, we can barely make out what it is, but we know it's something. Right. So we bring our camera up, and we take a picture. Now, the picture and the camera manipulates that background. Mm-hmm inside that bush to a different image or it blacks it out or it pixelates it mm-hmm. because it's not seeing what we see because it's trying to electronically picture yes. mm-hmm. our focus mm-hmm. focus there we go mm-hmm. i'm glad i'm so glad you always correct me and uh, <laughs> i'm terrible with words sometimes but uh and a lot of people are like, well, I never thought of that. And I'm like, well, because you never stop and think outside the box. You know, have, have you ever watched a movie and, and, and it's a couple at the romantic scene at the dinner table and the, coom- and the camera zooms in, everybody around them is very blurry. Right, right. Your eyes could only focus on one thing. So that's why on the cell phone, when you take your fingers and do this number to zoom in. Oh, I did that and I got bright. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Oh, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. That's creepy. It's <laughs> um, doing it on its own. You got to poop in your pants now? <laughs> come on, come on, over here. But what I tell, you know, everybody when we're out, you know, it's like, oh, I think I see something off in the distance. I'm always the one that says, well, let's go look. You know, don't just like take a film of something that's over a hundred feet away or something, you know, go investigate it, go closer to it. Isn't that what we're here for is to find Bigfoot, to have an encounter or whatever. So I always tell, you know, people I'm with, I'm like, come on, let's go. Let's go take a look. See what that spot is. See what it really is. But see, that's our body telling us Mm -hmm. that's what we want. But our body's telling us what we see is not what we want. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, right? Now, I've got this group of women. I'm not going to mention their names. I'll call them Ivories of Steel, okay? Okay. And this group of ladies, they use a map, and they will tell people exactly where Sasquatch will be. Hmm. And it's called remote viewing, and they're very good at it. Oh. And uh, I know who you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, for example, she remote viewed uh, for a group, and she saw the family of Bigfoot, and she saw the mama Bigfoot turn her head and do this number. So she gave them the opposite coordinates across the other field instead of in the field they were in. And when they got back, they're like, "Oh my God, you were right. They were so close to us, but they were on the other side of the field where we're at, and all this other stuff." She kind of chuckled. But this group of women, okay. We'll drive out in the middle of the field, open all four doors, and take off running into the woods to chase down Bigfoot where it's supposed to be. Now, is that not brave? I'd probably be. <laughs> they're going like, are you crazy? <laughs> they do. I would do it. I'd probably be one you of would. them. Oh, my you would. Oh, my Lord. I believe that. Yeah, Mike knows I would. Well, you know, the water and snakes. She's fine. <laughs> right she'll, but, she'll go in the middle of the woods pitch black all you see is a little green light running around she takes off away from everybody but she won't go in a foot of water 
Yes. I mean, when they first told me this, I was like, you're all crazy. There's no way this you're all doing this. So I'm like, no, we do. It's fine. And uh, matter of fact, they actually showed uh, footage of one of their structures they found. And they were all up in there like it was their house. Mm -hmm. I'm like, are you crazy? Mm -hmm. What would you do if it would have came back? Mm -hmm. They're like, well, we were, we were ready for it. I'm like, it was like what? whatever lived there. I mean, it was made out of twigs intertwined with straw all over it. I mean, it looked like a hut mm -hmm. and had a tunnel, which you did us humans would kind of like kneel down and crawl. I guess they would crawl into it. And it was so tall standing up in it. You, you couldn't touch the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And they said it smelled. And I'm like, well, what did y'all do? Or we're just turning, you know, looking around with flashlights and taking pictures and filming outside. I'm like, you all are crazy. There is no <laughs> way. That'd be me. Mm -hmm. uh, Darren says they're everywhere here in the UK. Uh, that sums up in a big bear. Somebody says last night we had the repeat on Sky History Channel of the Bigfoot UK programme, which had Deborah Hatswell. Uh, who is our finest guest on our UK show. That's what we're going to have on our show. That is correct. And somebody says, I know her. Darren says, I've also just driven from almost the very tip of South Britain to Scotland. It's wild on each side apart from the city and towns, etc. The celebration force are full of wild men and dog men and etc. And uh, Darren, now let me tell you something. Uh, when we have his show, uh, we'll definitely have you on his show. He's got an encounter when he was uh, young. And uh, it was it's very interesting. I can say that. And they are in the East, mainly in UK, he says. So they have a lot of encounters over there. I was very surprised when we uh, hooked up and we were talking about stuff. And I was like, really? You got that much? And he was like, yeah. He said, you know, we got stuff at Woosman and all this other stuff. It goes way back from the churches. And I'm like, it's right. Right. There are statues in the churches about that. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It really is. But now getting out of a car, running into the woods in the middle of the night, knowing where something could be? No. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> no. I'd be like Jason, probably even worse. You probably won't hear anything but beep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what else you got for us, ladies and gentlemen? Um, so um, I've been working with David Sheely, who's a skunk ape expert down in awesome. Ochoapi, Florida. He has the skunk ape uh, research headquarters. So I am planning an event with my friend Phyllis. And it's going to be uh, March 11th on Saturday at his Skunk Ape Research Headquarters, um, March 11th from 1 to 5. Tickets are $25. And it's going to awesome. be everything about the Everglades and the Skunk Ape. So it's, you know, it's going to be very interesting because, you know, if you are interested in researching or looking for the skunk ape, you need to know what you're dealing with in the Everglades. Or some pythons. Yeah. Pythons, <laughs> gators, Florida you know. panthers. 
you know, skunk apes, and you have the terrain, the, you know, they have hammocks there, you know, which are like, like islands of dirt, you know, of dry areas. So the skunk apes will go through the water and then they'll go hang out or sit on a hammock um, until they want to move on to the next hammock. So they're kind of like islands. Oh, wow. So um, it's very fascinating. But at this meeting, uh, everybody can learn about that. So if anybody's in that area, in the South Florida area, please join us because it's going to be a great time. And David Shealy is going to be speaking and answering all your questions about Skunk Ape. That's awesome. Yeah. Darren actually has a question for you. Is there a big difference between the Skunk Ape and Bigfoot? Okay. Um the difference that we that we know about, and these are based upon reports that we have read, heard, blah, blah, blah. Um, it seems like the Central Florida and North Florida um, is more of a Bigfoot creature, which is like, you know, usually like seven, like six to nine feet tall, big. Harry has five toes. Well, skunk apes down South Florida are smaller. They're scrawnier. Their hair is um, not as thick. They're very thin and they have four toes. So I believe the skunk apes are a subspecies of Bigfoot. Now, you know, in South Florida, it's hot. It's hot in the summertime. Ooh, yeah. So, so you, you can't have an animal like a Bigfoot that's a thousand pounds. It would never survive out there. So, um, you know, even the deer are smaller out there. So it makes sense that a Bigfoot or skunk ape would be smaller, skinnier, scrawny, just like the other animals that are there, like deer. Deer is a perfect example. You know, and the deer in South Florida are tiny compared to the ones in North Florida, but they have four toes. So, and not as much structures. Yeah. And they don't, you know, you don't have um, structures like what you'd find in the Pacific Northwest or whatever, because the building materials are different. You know, they don't, we don't have those great trees, those great hardwoods that they can make these great structures out of, you know, they may make a structure out of palmetto palms. Okay. Cause that's all they have. Um, but probably in the Everglades, they probably sleep up in trees to keep away wow. from gators, keep away from, you know, Florida Panthers and stuff like that. It's just a safer place. And it's a dry place for them to sleep because if you know anything about the Everglades, it's all water. It's nothing but marsh and water everywhere. So, you know, that's just my opinion. But like I said, based upon the reports I've heard, that's the difference between the Bigfoots and the skunk apes. Skunk apes are smaller. They're usually five to seven, uh, like five, seven feet tall tops. And much very thin, very thin and their hair is just scrawny. It's supposed to be a little more aggressive, too. A little more yes, primal. Very aggressive. And that makes sense, too, because everything down there is trying to kill you. You know, gators, <laughs> crocodiles, you know, Florida panthers, 
You've got and and everybody wants to move here. Why? There's shark. <laughs> there's even sharks and stingrays in the Everglades, which just blows my mind. You know, pythons and you know, killer spiders. I mean, there's just everything's out to get you. And rattlesnakes and whatever else. Um, so yeah, I'd be aggressive too if I if I lived in the in the Everglades because you're just trying to survive. So. Darren says, wow, that makes uh, means that they evolved for many years due to their environment. Yes. And he also says people hardly look up. Correct. Correct. I've now, seen that the Everglades make total sense. Yep. In the Everglades, um, when I was there the first time, I did find this, what I call a structure, up between two trees. It looked like a giant hammock made out of vines. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was probably 10 feet long and what, seven feet wide. It was made out of ah, at least a couple thousand vines that were just all clustered together, clumped together. Wow. And it looked exactly like a hammock. And I'm like, yeah, I could see something living there, whether it's a Florida panther or a skunk ape going up there, climb the tree, go sleep up there because it's a dry spot, a dry area. Remember in my area, the, my, my one area, Marie, where the tree that's, we pretty much figured out that the trees leaning are just ramps to climb. Right. And I have pictures. I have pictures where there's one picture, there's something in the, up in the tree, up the, up the ramp, and it's like a clutter of different tree branches up there in that same spot. You got yes. palmettos. We had palms, oak trees. Uh, just all different branches were up yeah. there in that spot. Yeah, just and then, all. And then I have a picture of this perfect looks like a shoulders and head peeking up, and then the next next frame it's gone. Wow! It's like, what is that? Wow! Don't know. And I can show you those pictures. Well, I gotta show you those pictures one day. You'll be like, "What in the world?" Yeah. yeah. Of course they're blurry, but and it's but whatever it is, it was there and now it's gone. You know what I mean? And those, yeah. and those vines, I mean, I'm constantly tripping on them. While we're out and about in the field, like I said, we we are out every weekend. I'm out every single weekend. So, you know, I'm walking a lot. I will, one vine will trip you and take you down. <laughs> and it will oh, not I believe it. So when you have thousands of them, all clumped up in a tree between two trees that looks like a hammock. Yeah. That's going to hold something. That's going to be able to hold something somewhat heavy with no or, problem. Or, or one Oak branch will take Marie down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or hole in the water, in the ground, in the water. Yes. I fell <laughs> twice this weekend. That's a record for me. And, um, sitting there having a conversation like Marie. I know. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm down here. Yeah. I was just hoping, uh, I was glad I didn't break a, you know, break a, you know, a hip or something. Yeah, and that's but, the truth. Mm -hmm. Chris is over there smirking. See, we know. We've been there. <laughs> We've done it. He's just laughing at me. Yeah. 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 yeah Darren so says, Marie was with me when I, when I took out my uh, rotator cuff. Oh, yes. Thank <laughs> God. Oof. I was like, I ain't carrying you out. I can't carry you out. <laughs> yeah, he was. What were you doing, Mike? Oh, being special. 
Yeah. Now, when you said that, I got this picture in my head that you're trying to swing from vines. Uh, no, almost. <laughs> no, no I, I took a piece of a, a, a cypress tree and stretched it over another log, and I jumped on it to break it. I was going to make something to, to, to knock the tree with. Actual trees, okay? So I jumped on it, and when it broke, it hit the ground, and it rolled out from underneath me. And my arm, I'd already had a torn labrum in my shoulder. And uh, when I, I went out and tried to hold myself with my, my other hand with that arm, and it literally looked like my arm buckled and snapped up to my ear. Oh. And, and I just sat there for a minute. Marie's like, are you all right? I said, I think so. I'm like, I turn around. I'm like, where are you? And I look down, and I'm like, what are you doing down there? Get up. <laughs> He's like, oh, I can't move. I hurt myself. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm not carrying you out. I can't. I, I ended up having to have uh, four, four, four things re rebuilt in my shoulder. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. Wow. Now, Darren says the first thing humans do is get off the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, I know some yeah. people never come back to the ground, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody like say anything else? Nope. I, I think, think I'm good. Oh. We covered just about Wonderful. everything. What do you think about your theme song? Isn't it a little different? Oh, I couldn't hear it. I couldn't you can't hear it. hear it? No. Yeah, I didn't hear it either. No. We didn't you hear can't it. hear that at all? No. Mm -mm. It's totally quiet. Now, see, I got something all screwed up on my end. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, it's Grizzly from coast to coast and around the world. We have Marie and her gang. And how do they get a hold of you? Okay, so... Again, I'm the founder of the Mid-Florida Bigfoot Research Group on Facebook. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel called the Mid-Florida Bigfoot Research Group. So please go there and subscribe and check out our little research videos that we do while we're out there when we find something really cool. We also have a website for our team. It's midfloridabigfoot.com. And there you can um, read our bios um, there's a research photo gallery there where you can look at some of our favorite pictures that we've taken. And, um, you know, it's just a nice website. It, there's actually an area, too, where you can um, learn a little bit about Florida if you don't know anything about it. There's some Florida facts about animals and about Florida itself. So midfloridabigfoot.com and on Facebook, Midflorida Bigfoot Research Group. And we are the Mid-Florida Bigfoot Research Team. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it. Darren, we'll link up you all up. Hello from Britain, y'all. Hello there. And once again, if you want to be on Grizzly Show, all you have to do is email me at grizzlytheparanormal at gmail.com. Once again, that's grizzlytheparanormal at gmail.com. See, I can hear the music perfectly on my side. Yeah. I'm trying to keep from laughing. I can't believe you can't hear no, it. You didn't hear it at the beginning either? Nope. Ah, oh, gremlins. No. Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, I told Marie, uh, Maria earlier that this Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m., I'm not giving a lecture or a sermon, but we're going to introduce to some uh, ghost hunters about Satan and demons. Mm. It's going to be a very interesting topic. 
I'm gonna have to send you this theme song I'm playing because I'm trying not to laugh, but I figure you can get a kick out of it. But <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, from coast to coast and around the world, we say thank you and good night to everybody. And Maria, it's been a pleasure, and we have to Always. get you back on soon because I enjoyed my time. Mike, Chris, Chris, glad thank to meet you, you sir. For having us. Thank oh, you. It's we'll see you again to, you to give you another Florida report. Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.